Hello, Michigan Medicine. Welcome to the latest episode of The Wrap, brought to you by the Headlines Employee Newsletter. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Hunter Mitchell, everyone's favorite co-host. This week, we've got a show that is certain to keep you alert and awake as we talk to Dr. Niraj Kaplish, the director of Michigan Medicine's Sleep Disorders Laboratories. Before we bring in Dr. Kaplish, be sure to spend a chunk of your waking hours catching up on The Wrap. All 100 previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. You can also find about a year's worth of shows on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel. Coming up on March 19th is World Sleep Day. So to preview that day and talk about the importance of getting a good night's rest, we're thrilled to be joined by a Michigan Medicine expert. Dr. Kaplish, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having the opportunity to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. All right, so let's start off with an easy question for you. Why is sleep so important? Well, that's a good question. And I think the right question to ask as a first question, because we spend about one third of our life sleeping. And sleep is so vital for our bodily functions and all of our organs and well-being that we all know and understand when we don't sleep well, what happens to us. Um, so sleep is in the same breath as exercise and and, and uh, and appropriate diet that we do to maintain our well-being. So sleep recharges our mind and brings a positive attitude for us. Also makes us improve our learning by improving our attention, energy levels, and also help us heal and recuperate. And you will be surprised to see that sleep also makes us look good. You know, when we don't sleep well, our eyes are so baggy and people can notice that. So sleep is uh, um, very important, especially in the pandemic time, because uh, good sleep leads to good immunity and a good vaccine response. So I think, uh, so this is very, very critical in, in this present challenging times. Wow. Okay. Well, so how much sleep do I need? Uh, do some people just need less sleep to function? Yes. So uh, <laughs> I think this was just settled recently. I think we have long debated on how much somebody needs to sleep to have, be have, be well uh, or to be very healthy. Um, and researchers just recently answered that question uh, about two, three years back, and there was a consensus. And you all know that sometimes young children tend to sleep for long hours and adults may not be requiring that long hours of sleep. So if you are less than one years of age, I think you could be requiring almost up to 16 hours of sleep, including your naps in the daytime. And as we go older, the need for sleep tends to go less. And even in teenage years, it, you could be requiring anywhere from nine to 12 hours of sleep. And after age 18, I think most people will require about seven to eight hours of sleep. As per the question, whether somebody needs less hours of sleep, I think the more and more we are realizing that sleep is so vital for us, it's hard to imagine somebody who would require less hours of sleep and not be able to function well. Uh, now, having said that, there is a rare occurrences when we say some people are short sleepers. That means they sleep less than five hours and do fairly well during the day. I have no ill effects from sleep, but those are very rare people. I think majority of us should aim towards getting seven to eight hours sleep who are adults. Perfect. Now, I know a lot of sleep is affected by sort of a routine before you sleep, you know, what your bedtime routine, what you do in the hours before you're trying to sleep. What should a proper bedtime routine look like? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, being a citizen for yourself and advocating for your own health, I think regular sleep is critical. Um, so having a regular bedtime, a regular wake time will kind of put your brain into a rhythm that allows you to fall asleep uh, in a reasonable period of time. 
um, but don't um, kind of uh, take your body to be an on and off switch. So I turned off my lights and I exercised and I want to go to bed and fall asleep right away. So there are certain things that uh, I would, I typically tell patients that helps them fall asleep sooner is that um, kind of don't take your problems to bed. Um, so this is something that is bothering you. Um, you, should, you can kind of think away from a bed and possibly write down those things down and possible solutions if you had. This is what we call a stimulus control. So trying to take your problems away from your bed. And uh, like I said, exercise can really help you kind of get a better night of sleep, but doing it close to, close to bedtime, it's not a good, a good, good, good timing for that. So limiting exercise too close to bedtime after 7 p.m. is not advised. And same goes for caffeine as well. So if you drink caffeine or any stimulating uh, drinks, that will not be good and will prevent you from falling asleep and also disrupt your sleep. Um, alcohol, while it might actually help you fall asleep, but it can disrupt your sleep in the middle of the night. So limiting alcohol intake in patients who are vulnerable for sleep difficulties is advised. And I think um, th those are the typical things that I recommend to the patients. Um, I think those are the bigger things that uh, uh, would help you kind of get prepared for, the, for your bedtime and help you fall asleep sooner and stay asleep. Awesome. Okay. So I think you touched on this just a little bit, but is it normal that I've been having a hard time sleeping lately with, you know, the pandemic and other stressful things happening in the world? You know, uh, this is a very challenging time for us. And if you are having trouble falling asleep, you are not alone. There was a recent survey done in, during the pandemic time of how much trouble people are having falling asleep. It's about 30% of the Americans have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep just during the pandemic. And it's above and beyond what was it present before that. And there are also patients who are having also bad dreams. So, um, so you're not alone. And, and uh, um, they have coined this term that insomnia during the pandemic time is called COVID-somnia. Uh, so, so again, you are not alone. Um, uh, and, but again, there are things that you should still try to do trying to improve your sleep even during the pandemic time, just keeping the healthy habits and sleep in mind that they just talked about recently. Yeah, and I know I for sure had that, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. I was waking up at weird times. I was not falling asleep very easily, but eventually you sort of you know settled into a routine. So that leads me perfectly into my next question. I know so many of our employees here at Michigan Medicine work overnight hours or nighttime hours, things like that. Um, how should you know faculty and staff who work non-regular shifts approach their sleep? Yeah, um, I think the health um, employees in our health systems are really vulnerable to working night shifts and shifting schedules. So that puts them at a more greater risk of having sleep difficulties. Um, and that is what we call as shift work disorder. And it does not mean that you just have a nighttime shift. You can have a rotating shift or you could wake up early in the morning to start your shift like at three or four in the morning. So that would also be a shift work problem. And many times shift workers are able to adjust their rhythms and don't have any trouble with their functioning in the daytime. So not everybody who works a shift has a shift work disorder. It's only when you have trouble maintaining your duties or having trouble falling asleep in the daytime that can become a disorder itself. So in those patients who have shift work disorder, uh, I think you should try to keep your regular sleep schedule on your days and on and off from work and make sure that your um, areas where you work in the in, in during your shift are well lit. So light is a very powerful source to keep us awake. 
So it is important for you to be in an environment that kind of stimulates you. And sometimes caffeinated beverage during the shifts are helpful. And if it is possible, and during your break times, if you can take a 20, 30 minute nap, I think that will probably refresh you and help you get back on your responsibilities that you are trying to carry out um, during your shift. And in, in some instances, um, you might want to talk to your doctor if this uh, conservative measures tend to fail. There are potentially other approaches, including medication that will help you be, stay more productive during your shift. Um, and I think you should talk to your doctor about what other options you have available. So do sleep problems typically lead to other health problems, whether they're mental or physical? Yeah, I think uh, sleep by itself, when it is too less or, or too much, can indicate there is a, a trouble with your sleep. Um, so yeah, so uh, if you don't sleep enough hours, um, people have been shown to have trouble with maintaining their weight. So obesity could be a factor. Um, it can affect your um, glucose control. It can affect your heart health and even increases your risk of your strokes. On the mental health side, I think uh, it can lead to... Uh, worsening of your mood, anxiety, depression, being on the edge, uh, snapping at people. So those are the things that can happen on the psychological side. Now, we, we often see that trouble with the breathing while sleep can also result in other aspects of trouble with health. Uh, with that can increase your risk of having stroke and, and heart issues, and also sometimes rhythm problems of your heart. So it's also the quality of the sleep that matters in some patients, um, which might kind of put them at risk for having other medical and, and mental health issues. All right, so let's say you, you consider that your sleeping habits aren't ideal for you, or you think that they're not ideal for you. How would somebody know when maybe a sleep study should be done? And are those even being carried out during the pandemic? It's a good question. I, I think uh, sleep studies are often very helpful um, to understand the underlying issues. And the, one of the major reasons why do, we do sleep study is the breathing trouble while happening in the sleep. And by, by large, obstructive sleep apnea is the most common reason why we do sleep studies. So the symptoms that would indicate that you have potentially sleep disorder breathing would be that your partner or your spouse or other family members noticing that you snore loudly or, or you start breathing as well um, in the night uh, or you frequently wake up, wake up in the night or you are acting out your dreams at times as well. So for example, yelling or screaming in your sleep, punching your, punching the walls, falling out of bed can be consequential. Um, and so those are what we call as parasomnias. So that's another reason why we commonly do sleep studies as well. But by far, the major reason why we do sleep studies is trouble with the breathing while you sleep in the night, which can be very consequential and maybe lethal at times. Um, now, in, even in the pandemic times, um, Michigan Medicine Sleep Labs have been able to provide service very safely. Um, we have stringent screening uh, procedures in place. We have rigorous cleaning of our rooms that is being done. We are also even doing COVID testing prior to the patients coming to the sleep lab, which allows us to maybe um, defer the testing if the patients are really COVID positive and could be putting patients uh, other patients in the lab or the staff at risk. So we are very uh, cognizant of those risk factors. So, but we are able to provide the testing even during the pandemic whenever it is necessary. And in regards to the home testing, we are, and we have evolved um, and, and, uh, during the pandemic. The home testing, which we used to do in person with the patients being coming into the sleep lab, getting hooked up. Um, now we are trying to do the same thing virtually 
by um, giving instructions over the phone, having curbside pickup for the home testing equipment, um, and also sometimes doing mail-in to the patients who the patients are not able to come in during the pandemic or they live very far off. So I think mm -hmm. we have adapted and we are able to provide very safe the home testing as well as in-lab testing when it is needed um, uh, for, uh, for evaluation of uh, sleep apnea. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all this incredible insight. Uh, be sure to stay tuned to Headlines for more information on World Sleep Day over the next couple of weeks. You'll be able to find that at mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. There will also be a live stream called Improve Your Z's, Improve Your Health, that will take place on March 24th at noon. So also stay tuned to Headlines for more information regarding that. All right, Dr. Kaplis, your work here is not quite finished. Now, as our viewers know, in January, we introduced a new feature called the lightning round where we ask our guests four questions in 60 seconds. You ready to do it? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we got 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Awesome. All right, so here's your first question. What's the first thing you plan to do when the pandemic ends? I'm going to go on a road trip with my boys um, and go to the football games. Yes, good choice. If you had the choice of watching a TV show, watching a movie, or reading a book, what would you choose? Uh, I think uh, watching a show. Uh, lately, oh. I've been watching a show called Monk, which is mm. uh, about a detective, and my sons and I really enjoy it. Nice. All right, this one may be kind of tough. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Uh, I'm a dog person, but I don't have any of them at my home. I had dogs when I was growing up in India, but uh, my boys have been after me to get a dog, so you never know. I've been resisting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the top item on your bucket list? Uh, top item on my bucket list. That's a tough. Uh, I think I want to go somewhere with my wife where she really would like to have a good time, um, and we have not been able to do that. Nice. Well, thanks, Dr. Kaplish, for being a great sport. And once again, if you want to learn more about World Sleep Day, stay tuned to mmheadlines.org. You can find other great stories of headlines this week, including a look at a new sleep challenge offered by MHealthy. On top of that, there were tips to help you give kudos to your colleagues during Recognition Month, a call for book recommendations in honor of Reading Month, and insight from Michigan Medicine leaders during Women's History Month. Find all that and more at mmheadlines.org. Okay, Dan, Dr. Kaplish's appearance got me thinking about sleep. Would you consider yourself a morning person or a night person? Boy, well, I, I consider myself a chameleon. I'm whatever I need to be. But, uh, you know, I used to have a job where I had to wake up at four in the morning, sort of like Dr. Kaplish mentioned. Um, some people are doing that. I also had a job where I didn't get off work till midnight. So you sort of do what you have to do um, work-wise and you sort of adjust. But overall, I would say for sure I'm a night person. I do. You don't want to see me too early in the morning um and you know when you're a huge sports fan which i am it's really hard to not be a night person especially in the eastern time zone all the games are ending around 10 10 30 if not starting around then uh so i would definitely consider myself a night person what about you uh for me i, I would say a night person you know just uh college wasn't too long ago for me you know you're kind of forced after all your classes to stay up and get into that but Lately, my wife's been waking up at five. I've been staying up till one. I'm like a tired person. I don't know what I am. So, um, but I think I'm going to use some of these tips I heard in this podcast to kind of fix my sleep schedule a little bit. Outstanding. All right. It's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last episode, we asked listeners how many pediatric heart transplants were performed at Mott last year. The answer was 22. 
Congratulations to Heather Angish, who sent in the correct answer. Heather, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. All right, now for this week's question, here's Hunter. Thanks, Dan. This week's question is, on Thursday, Michigan Medicine Headlines previewed what upcoming day of giving at U of M. Once again, on Thursday, Headlines previewed what upcoming day of giving at U of M. Once you know the answer, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for a chance to win a great prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Dr. Kaplish, thank you for being here. And thank you, as always, to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.